I'm Kate, and welcome to the Picture House Podcast, where we discuss the architecture, design, and history of America's early cinemas. We hope that telling the stories of these places and the people associated with them will help you explore their place in our collective memory and our communities today. After a hiking trip at Shenandoah National Park, I stayed in Stanton, Virginia, and was lucky enough to stumble onto their Visualite Theater. It's in the Beverly Street Historic District, a really great Main Street area that's definitely worth a walk if you're ever in the area. After looking into the Visualite a little, I found out that it was actually one of four theaters spread across Virginia and North Carolina, each specifically branded as the Visualite Theater. Three of these are located in the Piedmont of Western Virginia and North Carolina, while one was in Tidewater, Virginia, specifically Norfolk. The Norfolk Theater no longer exists, while the other three Visualites do. The aforementioned Stanton one, which is still a movie theater, as well as one in Covington, Virginia, that is also still a theater, and another in Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte's Visualite has for many years been a live music venue. So let's take a look at this little mini chain of theaters. The Norfolk Visualite was the first. It opened on April 1st, 1937. The Stanton location opened shortly after in July of 37, and the Charlotte Visualite opened in 1938. The Covington location was the last to open in the first half of 1940. Before I dive into the specifics on each theater, I'll note some things that seem to have been consistent across some or all of them, and I'll add a quick caveat about all. I wasn't able to access any original info on the Covington Visualite except when it opened, but based on the source material I found for the Stanton, Norfolk, and Charlotte Visualites, I think it's a pretty safe bet that the Covington one was similar in nature. So for ease of presentation, I'll just lump them all together. Opening night ads in local newspapers were similar for all of the theaters, advertising Translux rearview projection, luxurious seats or seating designed for comfort, selective pictures, double first-run newsreels, summer and winter air conditioning, and RCA high-fidelity sound. I don't personally have a huge interest in projection technologies, but I'm going to give a quick explanation of rear-view projection because it does have an impact on the form of theater buildings, and so it's relevant to our discussions of architecture and design. With rear-view projection, the picture is thrown on the screen from behind so that the audience sees it directly instead of as a reflected image as in conventional theaters. Proponents of rear-view projection argued that with standard projection, looking at the bright picture on the screen caused eye strain and could subsequently result in headaches. At the same time, any extraneous light on the opaque screen would weaken the blacks, ruining the contrast of the picture. But with rear projection, they claimed, the theater could be lighted to any degree desired, as extraneous light doesn't really affect the picture. So rear projection theaters like the Visualites could be specially lit with a soft, soothing glow that adds gently to the enjoyment of the picture and makes empty seats clearly visible. And a lighted theater means no tripping over legs in the gloom, no waiting for ushers, no hunting for lost hats or pocketbooks, which pretty much only applies to the 1940s. <laughs> you can easily find your seats, so there's maybe less disruptions during the movie. Rear projection theaters, like the Visualites, were also marketed as a deterrent to bad behavior. 
kids, and anybody else for that matter, wouldn't be tempted to get up to any shenanigans if the lights were on, right? In addition, rear projection had an impact on the overall form of the theater, as it required a small space at the front of the theater instead of a projection booth in the back. And I think that's about enough on projection. I'll also mention here a feature that the Stanton and Charlotte theaters seem to have shared, the humble turnstile. The exact same blurb extolling the virtues of the turnstile, which actually managed to make it sound quite impressive, appeared in the opening night coverage for both theaters. Scrupulously following the modernistic motif of the entire building and decorations, the patron admission system of the new Visualite Theater is a radical departure from the usual arrangement found in motion picture houses. The Perry turnstile system is used in this case. Quick side note, Perry patented many original turnstiles in the first half of the 20th century and is still in business today. I definitely file the turnstile under one of those ubiquitous pieces of equipment that we take for granted today. Okay, back to it. In many respects, it is not a radical departure from the revolving door that science gave to public buildings several generations ago. Its appearance is one of streamlined simplicity and operates with equal simplicity. The patron purchases his or her ticket at the box office and moves to the left of the cage, entering through that turnstile that has several prongs barring passage unless the ticket saleswoman unlocks the mechanism from the inside of her booth. When unlocked, the bar moves forward and downward with the least effort on the part of the patron. To assist in guiding the person entering, the management has placed a bright chromium-plated, gently curving railing. Each person that enters through this turnstile is registered on a counting meter that is part of the turnstile. No ticket taker is necessary with the system. The person merely purchases the ticket and walks into the modernistic lounge provided for the comfort of the patrons. The Visualites seem to have been an attempt by their owner, Jeff Hoffheimer, to create a familiar chain of theaters with repeatable characteristics from location to location. All of the Visualites were billed as the Modern Theater, with the brand name of Visualite both on the physical marquees and in printed advertisements, including that tagline. The V and E in the name were twice the height of the rest of the letters, serving as visual bookends, and tucked between them, under the letters I-S-U-L-I-T, were the words, the modern theater. Now let's take a look at each of these modern theaters in greater detail. Visualite Norfolk. Building plans for the first Visualite called for a frontage of 60 feet, with space on either side of the entrance to the theater for two small stores. The architect was T. David Fitzgibbon, who helped design Norfolk's Center Theater, now the Harrison Opera House, and many other buildings in Hampton Roads. The Visualite was said to represent an investment of $35,000. It opened on April 1, 1937, as a luxuriously furnished theater and the latest thing in playhouses. Norfolk's Visualite had a capacity of 400, with seats wide and far apart with unusual legroom, and so arranged that everyone commands a clear view of the screen. With luxuriously upholstered chairs, spaced 39 inches from back to back, the spectator can stretch out his legs in comfort while he sees the show. The overall arrangements of the seats was also said to be novel, due in part to the rear projection. In the ordinary motion picture theater, the front side seats are usually not good for viewing the picture. The beam of light coming from the balcony 
hits the screen at an extreme angle so that objects are lengthened out and a person would appear tall and thin rather than his normal proportions. This effect is said to be entirely eliminated at the visualite because the projectors are substantially on a level with the screen. There is no distortion and the characters appear in their true proportions. The interior decorative scheme of the theater was pleasing and the appointments both modern and comfortable. Carpet and furnishings were completed by Kofers of Norfolk, while Barnum Bruns Ironworks, Inc. installed the Visualite's iron and steel bracings, chromium decoratives, and modern tubings. Comfortable theater temperature was maintained by automatic cooling and ventilating devices. Lastly, a smart little smoking room for the men and powder room for the ladies completes the picture. The Visualite was marketed as a revival house, running only feature films that have stood the test of time and won the acclaim of the public and of independent critics. While every picture will not be new, it will be a revival of a proven hit. Only first-class pictures will be shown. Two brand-new, full-length, first-run newsreels will be shown with every program. All in all, the Norfolk Visualite offered moviegoers a place to spend two spare hours enjoying up-to-the-minute newsreels, carefully selected pictures, and outstanding cartoons, in an atmosphere of comfort and refinement. Visualite Stanton Stanton's Visualite opened on July 8, 1937. People were said to be drawn in by the beautiful combination neon electric sign and marquee. Illuminated by hundreds of electric bulbs, the marquee spreads a blaze of light over the entire front of the building, creating a dazzling effect. Prospective patrons clustered along both sides of Augusta Street to be the first ones into the new theater. A couple of police officers were on site for crowd control, and radio music and flower bouquets gave a festive touch to the event. The building was described as being designed along advanced lines in theater construction, having the most modern equipment, completely air-conditioned, and becomingly decorated. The front of the new building is faced with cream-colored brick, and conservatively decorated in red and dark green along modernistic lines in keeping with the motif of the entire establishment. A wedge-shaped marquee, considered most satisfactory by theater builders, stands over the doorway. On this, the name of the picture currently showing and other announcements can be placed, with black lettering showing up against a white background. Chrome and black glass have been used with tasteful effect in the ticket booth, from which a turnstile is operated, allowing patrons to enter the lobby without the bother of having to give their tickets to a doorman. Inside the lobby doors, the soft, beautiful carpeting lends a home-like atmosphere, which is further brought out by the attractive varicolored lighting fixtures. In the lobby, customers may await friends or the end of the picture. This room has blue walls, which grow lighter by steps until they reach a gray ceiling. Red leather armchairs with chromium trimming add an arresting touch of color and harmonize with the red in the modernistic carpet. From the lobby, one enters the main auditorium. This room has walls of lovely off-orchid tint rising from a green base and follows in general the severe lines of the modernistic style. Front and rear of the floor is carpeted in red and green, as are the aisles, which divide the 500 seats into three sections. The room is lighted indirectly. Devices have been installed for regulating the volume of light and, the manager says, these can be kept turned on quite brightly without affecting the scene on the screen, due to the fact that the picture is not projected through the auditorium, but reaches the screen from the rear. The walls are made of cinder block, 
which is said to be an excellent acoustic material in that it allows little, if any, echo. The Visualite, with brick exterior, cinder block walls, and cement flooring, is said to be completely fireproof. A women's lounge and men's smoking room have been provided. These have tinted walls, indirect lighting, dark linoleum floors, red and chrome chairs, and tiled lavatories. Occupying the northern half of the front of the building is a store where light refreshments may be obtained. This was operated independently of the theater. Newspaper ads placed on the day of the theater's opening show that work on it was completed by companies from a variety of locales. Roofing, masonry, and plumbing were all done by Stanton contractors. Joseph W. Gayhart and Sons, M.J. Edwards, and George A. Cottrell, respectively. Painting and decorating was completed by E. Caligari and Sons of Norfolk, while electrical work was done by Boyd Electric Company of Portsmouth. New seats that provided unusual comfort and roominess to patrons were designed and made by the International Seat Company of Union City, Indiana, and the marquee and sign were designed and built by the Artcraft Sign Company. The triangular marquee had artistic neon trim and was apparently worth its weight in attractive display detail, that weight being a reported 4,000 pounds. The theater seated about 500, and for the opening night, Stantonians attended in such numbers that all seats were sold within five minutes after their sale began. When the seating capacity of the theater was reached, sale of tickets was suspended, and a crowd estimated as high as 250 were turned away to await the second performance. The Stanton Visualite was to be equipped with the latest in air conditioning, a more robust cooling system than necessary for a building of its size. However, the AC wasn't operational on opening night. <laughs> Imagine that on a July night in Virginia. It's no wonder that moviegoers were said to be sweltering on the hottest night of the year so far. Aside from this one snafu, the Visualite's glittering first-nighter was otherwise a big success. The theater was a wonderful advance over the old Flickerodians in which Stantonians enjoyed their first movie thrills. Visualite Charlotte The Visualite in Charlotte, North Carolina, opened on February 10, 1938. The brick and concrete block building was constructed for roughly $65,000 by the Nivens Construction Company. J.L. Wiggins & Son Lumber Company of Charlotte furnished all the lumber and building materials, and W.L. Rich furnished and installed the theater's tile. Like the other visualites, the theater was equipped with Translux rearview projection, and one of its biggest selling points was the seating. The theater had luxurious seats especially spaced for comfort, situated wide enough apart that persons entering or leaving the theater can walk before another patron without him having to arise from his seat for the passage to be made. The theater manager said, The Visualite is completely modern from front door to back exit. We have done everything possible to give the citizens of Charlotte one of the finest and best equipped community theaters in the South. It is equipped with year-round air conditioning and it has the latest RCA high-fidelity sound system. The building is fireproof throughout, and it is furnished with seats specially designed for comfort. The lobby is beautifully and artistically built and furnished with mirrors, bright red furnishings, and ebony decorations. A dash of silver throughout its decorations adds much to its charm. Men's and women's restrooms are situated near the entrance. As mentioned earlier in this episode, the Charlotte Visualite employed a turnstile admission system that was apparently a novelty in the area. 
The turnstile was one of streamlined simplicity that operated with the greatest of ease. A modern marquee, built and installed by the Carolina Sign Company, adorned the outside of the building. Similar to its sister theaters, the Charlotte Visualite started out by showing features that were big hits locally. By 1967, the theater was showing second runs and bounced back and forth between those and foreign films through the 70s. In July 1980, it reopened as a combo art house and revival by Movie Inc., a small Santa Fe-based chain, but they closed it by October of 81. This was the fourth closure in as many years and seems to have been the end of the building's life as a movie theater. Today, it's still called The Visualite and is now a live music venue. Simple, single-story buildings from the late 30s, with consistent offerings across its locations, the small Visualite chain brought the modern theater to Virginia and North Carolina. Lounging in lavish seats in a temperature-controlled environment, patrons could watch first-rate and fan-fave flicks, pleasingly projected from the rear and brought to life with high-fidelity sound. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. Now, I know that all of our episodes so far have been about Virginia theaters. For our next episode, we're going to get away from the Mid-Atlantic and head instead to Middle America. I hope you'll join us as we take a trip to corn country to discuss DeKalb, Illinois' absolutely incredible Egyptian theater. I'm so excited about this one. It's such an amazing little theater. I really can't wait to share it with you guys. Until then... May your seats be ever in the center. 